Good afternoon, this is John Pielli, and I'm happy to be joined by a man who played outfield in the major leagues for several seasons, including time with the Detroit Tigers and the Seattle Mariners, and that's Casper Wells. Casper, I appreciate you having a couple minutes today. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. Hey, if you can, talk a little bit about uh, growing up in New York and what, what it was it that got you into baseball, you know, whether baseball was the only sport you played as a kid, and, you know, just take us back in time when you're, when you're young and you're younger and what got you into sports. Um, I think a lot of, you know, if it's just a sports, a lot of my drive for sports just is a kind of drive for my father and his passion for, for sports. Um, he grew up playing football. Um, actually, grew up in Amsterdam, New York, a town outside of Schenectady, in you know, New York, where I grew up. He was a three-sport athlete, football, baseball, and basketball. I always had a, a big passion for baseball, so I feel like he kind of pushed that on me most, especially since he got hurt in college playing football. He kind of tried to steer me away from playing uh, such a physical sport such as football because um, he didn't want me to uh, get hurt and kind of, you know, he put a lot of his eggs in, in one basket as far as playing CFL and playing football, um, furthering his career in football. Um, then when he got hurt, um, it's kind of a situation where, you know, you, you probably should have better prepared for, um, you know, what was going on in the future. Um, so you don't want me to follow along that steps. He also just had such a passion for baseball that I kind of, I guess when I was younger, just, uh, just um, you know, hitting where it's hitting a wiffle ball and just that stuff, so much excitement in him. And he had so much eagerness to so, like throw, like catching me and take me out hitting that it just kind of grew and. You know, my friends like baseball as well. Um, all my friends are Yankees fans growing up, as well as I. Um, in upstate New York, the Yankees are very prevalent, and at that time they were doing really well. So, we, you know, we go out of the park and do play wiffle ball and um, you know, hit baseballs and tennis balls and, and, and parking lots and just play anything that had to do with hitting a ball. Um, and it just seemed like I uh, had a knack for doing that. I really enjoyed it because... I had confidence in doing it, I felt like I, I was good at it. Um, so it obviously gave wanted me to pursue, I wanted to pursue playing baseball and I kind of just having success in Little League, playing it and just keep on, just keep on building pretty much from there. Now, Casper, did you did you feel that, you, like you just mentioned, it, it kind of came to you pretty easy at a young age? So you, you probably found that or noticed that you were a, a little bit ahead of the curve in a lot of the younger leagues you were playing in as a kid? I think just in the gene pool, it kind of came naturally for me to play. And just, yeah, just kind of more I play, I just, it's a lot of what I enjoy doing um, in comparison to any other sport. Played some other sports, but I just enjoyed baseball, and the fact that I was good at it just made it that much more enjoyable. I had, I just guess at a young age, I just had the confidence that I would be, um, you know, better than other kids or do really well at it. So I kind of pursued that. And once again, John Pielli here with Casper Wells. Now, you know, as as you're going up through your days of high school and into college. Um, was was this was this did this become a number one goal to you? Um, as as you're looking forward, did you see yourself as a professional baseball player? In other words, were most of your eggs in this basket pretty similar to your father when it came to football? Um, absolutely. It's basically the only thing I thought about from the time I was in. I mean, it, it didn't really become a realization until you know my sophomore year 
college when we got drafted that. But, I mean, I didn't think it was beyond the realms of, of being realistic. I always had aspirations of playing major league baseball, dreams of playing on the Yankees, um, you know, win the World Series. And um, I think that that dream and that, that drive just, just drove me and kind of was my motivation for just everything I did. Um, you know, I mean, you have something. I think I was very fortunate at a young age to, to know what I wanted to do in my life, and that was play baseball. And everything I did kind of centered around that. And I just built towards uh, just being the best baseball player I could be. Now, looking back at your time, uh, you know, around the time you were drafted, I'm sure that had to be a big moment in your life. The Tigers take you in the 14th round of the 2005 draft. Um, take us back to, to that time. Is it, was it uh, more of a, of a sense of fulfillment as far as being able to accomplish one of your goals as far as playing professional baseball? Uh, what's going through your mind at the time that you find out you're drafted by the Detroit Tigers? Um, I remember just watching the draft. I, uh, you know, there's teams, from what I've been told, from some scouts, that they're going to draft me in, like, you know, first 10 rounds as a pitcher, first five rounds as a pitcher. Um, so I basically thought I was going to go somewhere between, you know, somewhere like ninth through 11th round. Um as an outfielder for the Tigers, specifically Bill Buck was my scout with the Detroit Tigers. And he, that's what he told me. And I was like, okay, so that's what I was expecting. So 10th round comes, 11th round, 12th. And they take another outfielder in the 12th. And I'm like, oh man, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to go back to school. Then you see your name pop up in the 14th and it's just like, <laughs> you just get like this, uh, just seeing it on the screen. Actually, someone else saw it over me. I was even like, a, I had buddies over, kind of watching the, on the computer, and they saw my name on the um, screen. Uh, and he just pointed out, he was like, "Here you are, here you are." And that was just a kind of just a lady feeling of, "Oh man, you know." And then he see your name, has a visualiz- visualization of just like almost a photographic memory of what it looks like with your name there with Detroit Tiger symbol, you know, 14th round, pick 420. Um, you know, it's kind of surreal and it's exciting. Um, family's all there. It's exciting, exciting moment, you know. Um, so then you just kind of, the scout calls and you kind of just set up from there. You just, all you have is excitement. Now going back to that time, Casper, was it a, was it a tough decision um, as far as signing with the Tigers at that time or continuing with school, was that something that was in your head at all? You know, you mentioned that, um, you know, after you weren't drafted at what you expected, you were considering going back to school. Was this part of the thought process when you were looking, when you were thinking about signing after you were drafted? Uh, honestly, not really. Um, I want to make sure my education was paid for. Um, my, when I finish my education, at some point I want to pursue it as I am currently walking around Towson University campus. <laughs> um, I'm glad that that was fulfilled back then. Um, but at the time, it wasn't it wasn't a tough decision at all. Um, I knew my ultimate goal was to get drafted and play professional baseball. So when that time came, it was a pretty easy decision for me to make. Now, had I gone, you know, any round, like 20th round lower, then it might have been some decision to make. But, you know, I was in a spot where it seemed like a relatively easy decision for me. Um, and I was just excited for the opportunity. Now, looking back, uh, you know, as you, as you end up playing professional baseball for the first time, did you find that it was, uh, it was an easy transition? Was it something you were able to fit in pretty well with 
once you're facing, uh, you know, other professional competition for the first time? Um, you know, I, I, I was under a lot of, uh, it feels like there's a lot of coaches. I wasn't used to, you know, I came in there with a lot of confidence. having been a player of the year in my conference, um, putting up pretty good numbers for, you know, school's history and just coming off of pretty much a high getting draft. But I came with a little certain swagger, certain confidence there. Um, and I think the way I was hitting, I think they wanted to kind of change me around and alter me a little bit. And it was, and I think I had the expectation. A lot of it was set on the expectation of going to play in Oneana, which was a minor league club for the Tigers, which was in the New York Penn League, um, because one of the uh, teams that they play is the Tri-City Valley Cats, and that's a local minor league team. Um, Schenectady, where I grew up, is one of the Tri-Cities. Schenectady, Albany, and Troy make up the Tri-City area, so okay. Tri-City Valley, Tri-City Valley Cats um, was an organization there, and. And I was like, hey, I was expecting to go to Oneana. talking with a new, local news station, like, yeah, you know, I'm going to be Oneana, it'd be great. Um, and then, you know, playing Tri City. And it's just like everything was built up to, for that uh, expectation. And I think, you know, putting those expectations on myself, um, I think ultimately set me up for disappointment. And also the expectations of what Florida was like. You know, I was like, well, even if, you know, I go to the Gulf Coast League. You know, Florida's great, um, but uh, I'm like, Florida's great. You know, it's warm, it's nice, there's beaches, and, um, and the and the league I ended up playing for was they were like, oh, well, you're 20 years old, and they drafted a bunch of outfielders that year. Um, I think four in particular before I was even drafted. I was like the fifth outfielder taken in the draft for our team. So I mean, that just goes to show you. Uh, even with my accolades and what I did in college, and I'm still fifth outfielder taken in, in either the fourth or fifth in, in our draft, the Tigers specifically. So now the 14th round pick. So it just shows you the, the need for outfielders and what, what they were looking for. So um, even with that, um, I had the expectation of going up to New York, end up going to Florida, and playing in the Gulf Coast League. Now, Gulf Coast League is pretty much the exact opposite of what I thought it would be. It was a grind every day. You practice in the morning, play at noon, Florida. And Lakeland, Florida, where they trained, is in the middle of Florida, central Florida. Yeah. So you get humid, hot weather, not close to the water. And the exact opposite of anything I ever thought of in regards to Florida. And um, it was really tough. It was tough for me. It was, by this point, the toughest time in, in my uh part of my life from career-wise and what I wanted to do and it was tough getting up every day and, and doing that. Now, Casper, now looking back at this time, was there anybody in particular you confided in, whether it was coach or family member or anything? You mentioned it being, you know, such a tough time for you. Yeah, um, you know, I, I literally, I'd be calling up my family every day saying how, how I'm just going to go home, like this is not what I expected at pro ball. Um, I'd be like, I'm just like miserable. Um, and a lot of it is because I put the expectations on being up in New York. Um, you know, I had a I had a girlfriend at the time too that I weighed in a little bit as uh, weight for her a bunch. You know, I was expecting to be home with her in New York. And it was just I had this whole vision built in my mind, and I just kept thinking every day, like, just play better down here, play better down here, and you'll get up there, you'll or you'll be up there, you'll be up there. And, and again, I have to play like that, you know. Um, 
And, uh, yeah, it just it, it is really the first time I really dealt with some extreme adversity in some, some situations that, that were tough of mine. And I think, you know, just, I hadn't really had, had a chance to deal with that yet. And it really just – there was one day I remember um, I was going to walk in the office with a guy, you know, to answer your question, a guy named Vince Berry. He's a former player with the uh, Tigers. Um, I kind of talked to him about stuff, and he was just kind of – he helped build my confidence. He was just saying, like, man, yeah, I don't know what – I don't know what you're doing, like, because I, I was, I was, you know, having doubts about things, just whatever, just because, just because of where they put me, and and the you know, lack of attention they paid towards me after even being drafted, and just I don't know, it just felt like it wasn't what I expected, how I expected to be treated playing professional baseball. And uh, I remember I was like, you know what, I, one day I'd been reading Take It, and I was going to walk in the office and tell him like, this isn't what I expect, I was going to go home. He like grabbed me and he was like, "Don't do that, man. Like, don't do that." Um, and I stuck out the rest of the year. I kind of hung out with him and hung out with a couple guys that made it worthwhile. Played some Halo and tried to try to you know get through it. And um, and ended up paying off when I when I got opportunity. And next year was kind of still tough. But I ended up going to Oneana at least, not playing a bunch, but. Um, the following year, my third year is when it really set in motion. We had a new coach. I went back to Oneana, and I got a chance to play every day. And that really kind of set up for me to get put on the map. And I got comfortable. So it took me a little couple of years to mature, probably, to grow uh, as a person and a player. Um, and, um, you know, also just kind of understand, like, how the professional business kind of worked a little bit. Now, going, going back to that time, Casper, was, were you would consider that a turning point for you as far as, you know, kind of being a little down in the dumps about the way things are going and, you know, you get that opportunity to play for the first time. I'm sure that was that was probably the kicker that kind of uh, pushed you in the right direction. Yeah, I think the turning point was probably the, what I was saying the two years later. It was still kind of the next year I went down to camp and it was, uh, you know, I'm, I, I was trying to push for West Michigan, which is a team that you wouldn't have to stay in extended spring training. Um, any longer than you had to, and you know, because I always set my goals high, high. I always had high expectations for myself to set my goals, but given that a lot of it was my was playing and you know, I was miserable every day, so that that kind of sure was showing mannerisms and some of the things I did. Um, being immature as well, being 20 years old and immature from a life sense and a professional standpoint, was, um, you know, kind of displaying. In West Michigan, and then I ended up going back to Oneana and uh, again opportunity until the following year when we had a new like you can go back coach named Andy Barquette, and he kind of took me talking to me, kind of took me under his wing, but gave me opportunity. I felt like I was kind of had like a leadership role, um, and that kind of put me on the map because I put up good numbers, made the All Star team, and um, it was um, from that point on where I kind of got the opportunity from what I've done to, to be on team where I was going to be playing. And once again, talk a little bit, you know, your first, your first taste of major league camp and spring training for a couple of years. So you finally, you know, get you up there at the. Oh man. Um, I got advice from a guy named Jeff Larish before I got up there and he said, Hey man, take it all in. When you get up there, take it all in. Um, at the time, I was like, I see it so far away. I was a Triple A Toledo, not really hitting that well. I mean, mind you, I, I had a great spring training with in the big in with the big league ball club that spring, and 
I thought I'd make the club out of spring with how well I performed in spring training, but it wasn't the case. And they ensured me that hey, Toledo's not far from Detroit. So um, it was a little bit of a disappointment. But I guess I put, again, unrealistic expectations. But that's just uh, that's just the kind of guy I am. I, you know, I expect to put high standards on myself. And um, But Jeff Larish said that, you know, take it all in. And I remember when I first got there, I took it all in when I was facing John Lester Friday night. America Park in uh, 2010. Um, John Lester was pitching very well, and um, I grew up a Yankee fan, and we we're playing the Red Sox on a Friday night. And uh, I was looking around the stadium, and I was like, "This is very overwhelming." <laughs> I was nervous. I was just, it was just very. Um, it was nervous, but the best advice I probably got, and it was from the guy who drove me to the field when I first got called up. Um, I actually got called up, and I wasn't performing by my standards as well as I could have um, could have been. And uh, in AAA, but because I was on a forty man and because of the number situation, they needed another outfielder. So there I was getting called up. So um, it was a situation where they called on me to come up, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to the big leagues. And I remember driving from the. I had a guy bring it from a shuttle to the stadium. Um, he was like, well, he was like, good luck. And then he's like, you know what? He's like, just just do what you do. He's like, you're ready for this. Just do what you do. And I was like, I was like, thanks. I'm like, you know, because everyone's a free person. You know, what everyone thinks is just saying good luck. You know, like, good luck. Easy thing to say. But the guy's like, you know, he's like, you're here for a reason. He's like, just, just go do what you do. It's basically, and it's not just saying you prepared for this. My mom gave me the same advice, just, you know, you prepared for this your whole life, so just enjoy it. Um, now looking and uh, that's, that's, what I, that's what I tried to do, and I tried to dumb it down, and, and it's basically just trying to slow the game down. Um, you know, I mean, it would be great to go up there and get four home runs in the game, and this and that, but the times you do that are when you're just relaxed and not expecting it, and you're just enjoying the flow of the game, and those things just kind of happen. Now it's it's funny that you keep mentioning you know the you know the the thinking that's involved in you know just not not just baseball but life in general and that's why I know I connect with you because I'm a you know an, an analytical person myself it's it's funny when you when you think about things just being so simple sometimes it really is the simple thing the ball the ball comes in you see it and you hit it you know any of the other thoughts that you have in your mind which you know you you're thinking about this you're thinking about that uh, there's so there's so many different things that come in your head that you know I found and you know from speaking with a lot of people sometimes just uh, you know the, like put putting that on the side and just keeping things very simple are probably the most advantageous when you're in a spot like that. Right. Yeah, so I feel like some players just have that down. It could be they could dumb it down to a, to a sense where they just sort of like see ball hit ball. You know they have their mechanics that they've always done and it's just kind of simple. But like, you know, I'm someone that if something seems, <laughs> that's why, you know, baseball is, is from an offensive standpoint, it's kind of tough for me. Maybe I was meant to be a pitcher more or something because I can just analyze and work on things. But I mean, um, you know, hitting is about repetition and, you know, it was tough for me to, I've had a 
streak of bad games to not feel like I need to fix something mechanically or um, it hurts the same result because, you know, the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and to do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. So, felt like sometimes I felt like I was going insane if I just would sit there and, and try and keep doing the same thing and then not producing results. Um, so, this was real prevalent when I wasn't getting as much um, playing time. Um, you know, I'd be messing around in the cage and stuff, and then when you go to translate in the game, it's almost like, well, I, I mean, I've been practicing, but what is practicing and batting practice and soft toss and when the ball is coming in straight and now it's moving all over the place and your hands have been in different positions, it's just, it's almost uh, too much and it allows for inconsistency. So, you know, some of my coaches are just like, just stay the same, stay the same, but like in the back of your mind, you just feel like you have to do something and that's something that, that was a constant battle for me, especially when I was at the point where I wasn't playing every day. Because when I, when I was, I had the confidence and I think a lot of it was just being able to slow the baseball down with your eyes. I mean, because you can hit anyone you want, but if you're able to slow the ball down and like seeing it consistently at that speed and seeing the movement, and you can, you can, you know, have your hands wherever they are and get that bat to get that barrel to the ball because you're seeing it on a consistent basis. When you're not, you feel like it's all these mechanics and everything else that's causing you to not get to the point of contact and feel comfortable in the batter's box. When in fact, it was probably just your eyesight and get used to seeing the ball. Um, which is the main thing you need to do. Yeah, very true. And once again, Casper Wells joining the program. I really appreciate you having the time. Just two more quick questions I wanted to ask you. Number one, okay. you had a chance to play for Jim Leland, a legendary manager. He's going to be part of Baseball's Hall of Fame pretty soon. What was your impression in playing for him? And what what do you what do you think looking back all these years later, having a chance to play for him? Um, I think at the time when I was playing for him. Uh, a lot of it's because I was a rookie and I had someone, you know, like Brandon Andrew would always tell me every time every time Skip would come up to me I call him Skip uh, that's why I call my managers in baseball it's just a special thing to do is call your manager Skip so when, I, so when Skip would come up to me um, he would just say something but he would never listen long enough for me to give a response back but hey, you know, when you, when you threw that ball in the infield, you, you don't get to throw it that hard. Just kind of just get in there, you know. And, and then I, I'll be like, I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll skip hours. And then before you know, he's gone already. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> well. And then, you know, Brandon Andrew come creeping over and be like, what do you say to you? And he's like, oh, man. Oh. And then, like, you know, he would just be like, yeah, he's, he doesn't really talk too much with the rookies. You know, it's kind of just. Passing, passing by, saying one thing, or like, hey, there's a kiddo, oh, oh, and they'll say one thing, and then just like keep going about it. But you can tell he's always thinking. You know, he's always kind of in the game, thinking about things, thinking about situations. Um, and um, I think he's definitely very knowledgeable about baseball. Um, he, he had a passion for it. That's one thing that separates. Well, you know, you have to have that passion for the game. And he definitely had that. He had a passion to win, desire to win. All he talked about was winning. I think that's why the Tigers are so successful. At the time that I was there, um, you know, they were so successful because all he, all he preached was winning. Now, um, look, you know, our clubhouse would be, when we lose, our clubhouse would be like, you want to be in it. When we win, it would be like a party in our clubhouse, and that's the way it needs to be. You need to celebrate your victories and then know that, like, you know, I think a lot of times with the unsuccessful teams, I've been on, um, and I know we're talking about Jim Leland, but I just wanted to compare, like, some of the unsuccessful teams I've been on. There wasn't, like, that... 
you know, there wasn't that much distinction between winning and losing. Like, you know, you lose, you're like, oh, yeah, we lost, whatever. We're still going to be the same as we are when we win, you know, except there's no music playing. When we were the Tigers, it was quiet. It was like crickets in the clubhouse when you lose and people were upset. And I was like, geez, I'm like this. And the expectation of winning was probably what, you know, brought so much success. Not any World Series in his time, unfortunately, but the pretty consistent success in, in during his time as of late. Now, now look at looking at it. You, know, you, 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 you there's there's really the on in a winning environment and a losing environment, and I think you just hit it right on the head. You know, it starts with it starts with the uh, the man in charge, and then a lot of the veterans, the leaders in the clubhouse to keep that message going. And there really does have to be a difference between winning a game and losing a game. I know people say, hey, it's just one out of 162 and there's going to be 50 games you're going to win, 50 games you're going to lose regardless. And it's a matter of what you do in the rest of them. But winning teams don't look at it that way. They look at every game being that important. Yes, there's a couple exceptions where maybe a game may end or something like that over the course of 162 that's treated a little differently. But mostly, you know, the attitude in the clubhouse to expect to win and have a certain way to act when you win and a certain way to act when you lose is is it one of the differences between winning winning and losing baseball teams. At least. Last question I wanted to ask you, Casper, you know, you mentioned about, you know, pitching when you were in college and in high school. And of course, you had a chance to pitch in a couple major league games in 2013. Did you did you ever look at your baseball career and think about what it would have been if you were a pitcher? Because obviously you had you certainly had the talent. You had the the live arm. The, the fact that you continuously, you know, showed that you could throw as, as far as being a pitcher. Did you ever look at it that way? Were that wouldn't even be brought up. <laughs> I wouldn't even be pitching. 
Yeah, of course. And then you, you know, you made the call when you were drafted, when you were drafted as an outfielder, that that's what you were going to commit yourself to. And you did right. for, you know, the better part of, of 10 years, you know, still, still going. Um, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, the fact that you're, you're back in college now at Towson, you're, you're pursuing film. Talk a little bit about, this will be the last question, your aspirations as far as what you're looking to do getting into the, the film world. Um, it's always been a, it's always been a passion of mine to, uh, sorry, I'll be slower blowing around campus and trying to elude them. Um, <laughs> it's been an aspiration of mine always to film and, and just the ideas of film and, and the pursuance of film and acting in general. Um, but it was always on kind of like a side note. Some, some, there's some creative things I did, but, you know, baseball is obviously my main focus. And, um, now that I kind of separate myself from baseball and just give my full undivided attention to film, pursuing film, becoming a student of film and acting and going back to school. Um, it's kind of, you know, my, my goal is to be an actor in television or in movies. Um, it's something I thought I could use baseball for. Um, I would develop enough notoriety and be enough of an influence to be able to act in movies eventually. Um, and I think that's just kind of uh, just the way baseball is now. I think that, that, that time has kind of passed. You know, it's moving towards a younger generation. So I just think as far as me developing and getting opportunity again and developing enough, I mean, not that it couldn't happen, but in my mind, I put baseball aside and fully concentrated on this right now at school. And um, I feel like I'd be doing myself a disservice if I didn't take advantage of every opportunity that the school presents to me, the area of Baltimore and, and D.C. and also New York and Philly, some of the closer major cities that are around, metropolitan cities that are, that are around this area, um, to build myself in, in this potential career that, that could develop. And, uh, you know, I see myself as uh, being out in L.A. at some point, just given that's where the industry is. Um, I'm a big advocate of being in the area where your industry is. As, as I've lived in Scottsdale for the last five years, training for baseball at Exos, one of the most elite facilities in the country, um, and preparing for baseball season, and you know, going when I was with teams out there like the Cubs and the Bears, going to spring facilities out there to practice. Um, LA is the place to be when it comes to television and film. So I see myself inevitably being there, um, but. While I'm in school, I am just building, building my craft, and uh, you know, taking acting lessons here, and taking improv classes, and um, and learning from professors and and uh, former alumni, and uh, just doing everything I can to uh, become a student of, of that industry. All right, Casper, I really appreciate you having t- time yeah. to talk. Great getting a chance Thanks. to talk some baseball with you, a little bit of life. And, uh, you know, definitely hope, uh, wish you the best of luck with everything you're doing with college, acting and stuff like that. And hope to get a chance to talk to you sometime soon. Thanks so much. Great talking to you.